welcome to this worship service this is the fourth sunday of easter we are looking at the theme the good shepherd and his sheep let us begin with the prayer oh lord jesus christ you are the good shepherd who laid down your life for the sheep lead us now to the still waters of your life-giving word that we must abide in your father's house forevermore for you live and reign with the father and the holy spirit one god now and forever amen our text this morning is from the old testament book of ezekiel chapter 34 verses 25 through 31 ezekiel chapter 34 verses 25 through 31. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of wild beasts so that they may live in the desert and sleep in the forest in safety. I will bless them and the places surrounding my hill. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessings. The trees of the field will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord. When I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them, they will no longer be plundered by the nations nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. They will know that I, the Lord their God, I am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, are people, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. This is the end of our text this morning. Friends in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Within the church today, as I earlier said, it is designated as Good Shepherd Sunday. While sin and sadly does at times lessen the ideal, generally speaking, the emotional tie between a mother and her child, or a child and his or her mother, especially a young child, is often held up as the most endearing genuine and deepest expression of love that is the love between a child and a mother whenever poets want to convey their definite image of tenderness or the purest form of love they often invoke the concept of motherly love the depth of motherly love is commonly understood it also provides the connection with today's emphasis in the church because a great 
as great as that mother-child bond may be, there is even greater and deeper love that exists. It is the love God has for his children, and that is all of us, the Christians, the believers. The Bible states the reality God's love for us countless times. Many times it is recorded the love that God has for us, his people. Those who grew up in Christian homes grew up memorizing passages, passages like John 3 verse 16, and repeatedly hearing the simple but profound pronouncement in the first John that God is love. Beyond the many clear clarifications, Scripture also conveys God's love for us through a variety of images and through illustrations. It is always there. And one of the most endearing and tender is an image of the Good Shepherd and his flock. That is what we have before our text, and that is the image we want to explore and unpack on this Good Shepherd Sunday. Because within that imagery, we will also find deep spiritual truth, as well as the unlimited comfort, joy, and peace. First, let me give you a little background to the words of our text. The author of the book is the prophet Ezekiel. He lived and worked as a spokesman to God's people. This was nearly 600 years before the birth of Christ. It was a difficult time for the children of Israel in their history. They had been conquered by the world power at that time and were now living as exiles in the strange and distant land of Babylon. Therefore, as they lived away from home, they longed to be home. They desired to be home. At the time of our text, the people had just received the news that the beautiful temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. This was very disturbing. It was devastating to them. And while they longed to be home, they wondered what exactly home would be like now with the news that the temple had been destroyed and what the future held for them. The national mood was what might expect these circumstances. They were down, dejected, and sad, all of which was compounded by the fact that they had no one to blame but themselves. In the face of repeated warning by different prophets, they had allowed themselves to be influenced by the faithless self-serving religious and political leaders who led them away from the true God. And finally, God's patience with them ran out, and in came the Babylonians. But God is love, and he is faithful to his people, even if they are faithless to him. So amid this national mourning, God instructs the prophet Ezekiel to bring them a message of comfort and hope. Things will change. 
the problems will be identified and addressed through repentance, restoration, and recommitment to the one true God. As for the faithless spiritual leaders, they will be held accountable. And most significantly, they will all be replaced by the ultimate spiritual leaders, and that spiritual leader is a shepherd king who will come from the line of David. Keep your eyes on him, says God. And regardless of your present circumstances, things will get better, if not outwardly, inwardly. Spiritually speaking, this shepherd king will protect you and lead you home. We know that shepherd king to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And here, the prophet Ezekiel assured God's people at time of peace was on the horizon. The time of peace was near. He speaks of it in terms they could understand and envision ideal farming condition, the absence of all deterrents, abundant crop, good weather, and national safety and security. Why this turnaround? Because of something that is within God the Creator. These are God's people. Of them he declares, you my sheep, the sheep of my pasture are people, and I'm your God. Words which are reminiscent of how Jesus describes himself as our good shepherd. So let us talk about Jesus the good shepherd, in particular the good shepherd who reads us, who feeds us, and also who leads us. After you react to something in a certain way, or you get a certain look on your face, or have you ever, have you ever had someone close to you say, I can read you like a book, I know you, I can know what you are thinking. What they meant was that they think they know you very well. In fact, they may follow up with a second phrase which says, I know you better than you know yourself. As it applies to a people, no matter how well they know each other, this is an exaggeration. But as it applies to the Good Shepherd and us, his sheep, it is not. Our Good Shepherd can read us like a book. Our Good Shepherd does know us better than we know ourselves. Think of what this means for us. He knows when we are troubled or scared or when we are afraid. He knows our needs, our fears, and our insecurities. We might want to put up a chair front or construct a brave face before others, but the Good Shepherd knows what really is going on in our lives. And like a Good Shepherd, he cares about us. And so he invites us to come to him for solutions, when we are weary, he says, come and find rest in me and my promises. When we are scared, he says, have no fear, little folk, I'm here. When we are insecure, he reminds us that we are loved with an everlasting love. When we are disillusioned, 
he tells us to view life from the perspective of the eternity that is ours and not getting mad down in the temple. Most importantly, he just loves us even though we are who we are sheep. This is not always a complimentary description. Let me expand by sharing. If you grew up on a farm or around the animals, you will know what I'm about to say. Once you enter the barn, you will agree that the sheep stink. There is just no polite way of saying it. It smells bad when you enter a sheep barn. As sinful creatures, we are by nature like those sheep in a barn. King of a phrase used in a number of times in the Bible, we can accurately describe our sin as being a stench in the nostril of God. On our own, we do not offer up a pleasing aroma to God, just the opposite. The good news of the gospel is that our good shepherd has changed all this for us. Earlier in our gospel lesson, before the words of our gospel lesson, John chapter 10, where our gospel is taken, Jesus makes this proclamation. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that is what Jesus did. All the accumulated filthy and sin that clings to us like dirty has been removed by the cross of Calvary. We have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist put it. Our Good Shepherd reads us like a book. He knows our need, the greatest of which is the need for forgiveness, which he provided us through his life, death, and resurrection. And he will provide for every need as well that brings us comfort. Our Good Shepherd also feeds us. Part of the shepherd's responsibility is to make sure that the flock has an adequate supply of food so they can grow and become stronger and prosper and also be productive. So he finds pastures for them. Ours does the same. The pasture our good shepherd provides is that rich banquet we call his word. This is where the flock of God grazes and feeds and finds strength. The gospel message in word and sacrament is food for our souls. There is a big difference between periodic snacking in the scriptures and a sustained, consistent and disciplined grazing in the green pastures of the word. This is where our good shepherd richly and daily feeds us, and this is how we stay strong and healthy. Our Good Shepherd reads us, He feeds us, and He also leads us. You do not need me to tell you that there is a lot of uncertainty in this life. Things can and do change so quickly, and sometimes we may not always understand why. But this we know, our Good Shepherd is in the lead. And that brings us 
great consolation. It is important for us to understand that having our Good Shepherd in the lead does not necessarily translate into easy of life. In fact, sometimes just the opposite happens. Staying with the imagery, there are times when the shepherd must lead his flock over steep hills and difficult valleys and treacherous terrain, all for the ultimate benefit of the sheep and in order to get them to where they need to be. Which means we may have those times in our life, difficult times, like we are living now in this country and in the world, hard times, unsure of what is going to happen. We are not even able to gather and worship together, seemingly uncertain times. Most of us learned early on that being a lamp of God does not make us immune from tragedies or illness or pain or loss. Bad things do happen to good people. Why? Does the Good Shepherd take his eyes off the flock occasionally? Does he periodically get distracted by other monumental cosmic tasks? No, he simply leads and cares for each sheep according to its individual needs. The definitive place of peace and rest is, of course, in heaven. That is where our shepherd knows we need to be. There we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There we will enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. There we will worship the Lamb at the center of the throne. There we will experience no more mourning or crying or pain because the Lamb of God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. That is what is at the end of our Good Shepherd's lead. Therefore, of this we are confident. Wherever and in whatever way he may lead our lives now, we know it is in conformity with that big picture. So, we follow on, guided by Christ, firm in his word, secure in his promise, and always safe in his lead. At the beginning of this sermon, I mentioned there are many images and pictures that depict God's love for his people. But perhaps none is as comforting as the Good Shepherd, because this means that each of us, no matter how old we are, can say, I am Jesus' little lamb, and rejoice in everything that goes along with the that precious declaration. Amen. Let us close with a prayer. O oh Lord God, our strength, our song, and our salvation, you fulfilled your promises by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. Thanks be to God, you give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In your compassion, you sent Christ the Good Shepherd, who laid down his life to rescue the lost. Drive out all doubt and gloom, that we may delight in your glorious triumph. Lift our high eyes heavenward to see him, 
who lives to make intercession for the saint and grant us confidence in the greatness of his power. Keep before us the vision of your redeemed people standing before your throne and singing the song of victory. Gracious Father, you have restored us the, to us the joy of your salvation with happy hearts we come before you and say hallelujah thanks be to god amen